The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart. They're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome into episode number 41 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host, Jesse Town, and we are the Babes on Broad, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure to follow us on social medias, Babes on Broad on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find me at SamWills18 on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can find my co-host, Jesse Town, Run This Town with an E13 on Twitter and at Jessica underscore town with an E on Instagram. And then make sure you can go to our YouTube channel, Babes on Broad. And then you can also check out our website, babesonbroadpodcast.com. So go check out all that, support, reach out, find everything that we've done. We can finally rejoice a little bit. Number one in the NFC, baby! Finally. Nothing like genius Doug Peterson going for that tie last week. (laughs) Even though we're laughing about it, we seriously are number one in the NFC East, which actually feels good just to have some kind of positivity finally. Yes. You know, and that's my thing is we, I know whoever wins the NFC East, it's going to be a dumpster fire. Oh, 100%. It's going to be like they're seven and nine. Yeah. I don't care. Obviously, we don't have huge expectations with this year. And if you make it to the playoffs, who knows what's going to happen? Once you, you can just catch a win. Anything is possible. Exactly. Everybody starts over again. I mean, some people have leverage because of bye weeks and seeding and stuff, but still. But only one team can buy this year because it's an extended playoff. Or it's an expanded, excuse me, not extended, expanded. Yeah. So only one team gets a bye. So. So anything can happen. We just need to win our division. I don't care if Perfect. it's an embarrassment. And you know what? It's embarrassment. It's this it's- win, this first win for us in week four of the season puts us right on track to do that, Jess. It was a good win. And I, it was. it was one of those things where I, I felt good about it. Like, I think last week, if they would have squeaked out a win over the Cincinnati Bengals, I still would have been grumpy. It would have felt like a loss. I agree. Yeah. So I think that there were finally some things that went right for the Eagles. So, you know, they finally had that perfectly balanced run and passing attack. Now, yeah. not all the runs were planned. Um, Carson took <laughs> a few upon himself to pull or just kind of scrambled for some yards, which we will get into later because we love that. But um, 28 passing attempts, 28 rushing attempts. 
rushing 93 yards on the ground. Carson was your second leading rusher. In my opinion, that's how it needs to be every week. Um, whether or not planned, I think that's 100% something that needs to, needs to happen because when he's so good, when he makes plays with his legs and when he extends plays with his legs, um, I, you know, there's one that, that comes to mind. I don't remember if it was on, uh, uh, what down it was on, or it was in the first half, but he was doing his escape thing and, you know, stiff arms, a defender runs to the sideline, hits Boston Scott, you know, dead. And it was a perfect ball. And that's just where Carson is one of the best in the league. Maybe the only person in the league that's better at that at throwing on the run and being accurate while, while moving is Russell Wilson is the only one who I could think of that might be better than Carson Wentz in that category. But Carson is absolutely in the upper echelon of NFL quarterbacks in that category. And that's something that this offense had been seriously lacking for these first three weeks. And I'm glad that we're finally starting to see that again, because that's when he starts to get rolling. That's when he starts to get moving when he looks confident and the offense starts to click. No, I agree. And I think it was nice to see that just because Carson, it's so old, the worrying about him getting hurt, you know, and I feel like that's how they were kind of playing, keeping him in the pocket and now, I mean, it kind of forces him, even if Doug or Howie or whoever wants him to stay in the pocket because they're afraid he's fragile. You can't do that anymore with the O-line that they have this week. You know what I mean? So it kind of forces them to make Carson do what he's best at and push him back to that. So it's it's good to see. And hopefully that they, if that's the reason they did it, they realize it works and they keep doing it. Yeah. And I think the one, I mean, I think they may, might be two knocks on Carson in the game. And I think the first one was obviously the interception. And I, but I also think that that isn't necessarily directly on him because he had, he had, he stayed in the pocket on that play and he had no time. The pocket crashed immediately. Yes. Swallowed. And regardless if he was trying to throw that away, I mean, his elbow was getting hit. And also that's just a phenomenal play made by San Francisco at that point. Catching that ball is, is better than any of the starting Eagles receivers had done to this point. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a sensational play. And I think the other knock on Carson would be there were a couple inaccurate balls. There's one that comes to mind. Miles Sanders. It it was it was extremely low. He hits him in stride. You know, Miles is moving for a while. My only issue with that is I'm so tired of the only argument being that Carson is inaccurate and there not being enough criticism on playmakers not making plays for their quarterback. You watch around the league for the rest of the for the rest of the day. You watch red zone all day long, and you're seeing you're seeing crappy throws and maybe not the most accurate passes. And you're seeing playmakers make plays for yeah. their quarterbacks. Like that ball hit Miles in the hands. Was it off, was it off target for sure? But Miles knows he needs to make that play. And do I think that Miles is obviously one of the Eagles' biggest playmakers? Of course, mm-hmm. but I, it's. I'm just I'm sick of it like I feel like it's lazy for that to only be Carson's fault at this point no and I agree with that because the one that came to mind for me was actually Greg Ward he was it was I forget when it happened in the game but it was going for the first down and it was it wasn't a perfect ball it was a little in front of him but and to me it looked like okay just extend your arms and lean and like make a push for it instead he just kind of gave up and ran for it so like you're gonna have stuff like that especially with this team right now, I feel like, and they're starting to get 
their mojo back and learn each other again, kind of, because it's mostly practice squad guys. So I agree with you on that, though, is it's not all Carson and you have to like look at the average or overall thing of it. Yeah. But um, I agree with you that interception, it doesn't make me angry now. At the time, I was like, just be smarter. It was like a frustration thing. It wasn't yeah. angry. Yeah, it was just sure. like, dude, just be smarter. And I understand he wanted to get it away and like he didn't want to take that hit, but you have to sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Not he should have went down and wrapped up because he was freaking swallowed. And I think he was trying to throw it at someone's ankles and thought he was just chucking it at the dirt. Yeah, he did. And it had like, I mean, that was, again, just an awesome play. So, yeah. um, but, you know, at the end of the day, Carson came to play. He was he not leaving San Francisco without a win. He put the team on his back. He was 18 for 28, 230 all-purpose yards, a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown. And, you know, his receivers stepped up for him finally. And, and I – it's just so – sorry, I cut you off a little no, bit, but it's just right so ahead. nuts that – we're seeing the receivers step up for him like they had to last year. But once again, it's the practice squad guys that are going out and stepping up for him. And it's just insane. And I love the fact that Carson, it doesn't make him shy. He just goes out. We saw it with the touchdown to Travis Fulgham. Is it Fulgham? Is that how you say it? I believe Fulgham. I think so. We'll go, Who knows? we'll go with Fulgham <laughs> and we'll correct ourselves later if we're wrong. Yeah. But so you saw it to him. Like, I love that Carson just trusts himself enough. He trusts the play call which he could this week, so that was good. And he trusts his practice squad guys, which you have to do. You can't play like they're practice squad guys. So I thought that was huge this week. Yeah, I think everyone really stepped up, and the defense stepped up big time too. Not only – I mean, last week was a heavy criticism week for Doug. It was a heavy criticism week for Jim. And last week when we did our our prep show, kind of looking forward at the matchup for the 49ers and the Eagles, one of the things that we talked about was – the team that's going to come out with the win, they're both super injured. And the injuries continued on both sides for both teams yeah. throughout the entire game. Besides, they got Kittle, who was a monster. Oh, he's just so Jeez. Um, but he – and exposing Nate Gary once again. Shocking. Yeah. Um, but the – we talked about how whoever was going to come out with the win was whoever had their team better prepared and whoever called a better game. And I think – Doug and Jim both made enormous adjustments from week three to week four. And the way that Doug called the offense, there was a little bit of creativity using Jalen Hurts in some interesting spots. I really liked that. I liked some of the play calls. I liked the pre-snap motions. Um, and I also liked the way that, that Carson was running a little bit more play action and he, he was moving. But also I, a lot is to be said about Jim Schwartz and the way this defense played. Um, you know, three turnovers, which is huge. Five sacks which is also huge. And I mean, Alex Singleton essentially won them that game with that pick six. Yeah. That's, that's who knew he's the linebacker we needed. He was in front of us the whole time. But I, I just, I just think that they put the offense in the best position. And I think just all around, this was a, the entire team stepped up and every single player did what they needed to do to be able to come out with a win on, you know, a national game. And, you know, especially after the Cowboys lose to the Browns. Yes. And so, so just a, a really good win, in my opinion. So what were the top three things that you were most impressed with? Out of okay. The my number one, we already talked about it, Carson. Because he needed to step up. He did. He didn't have his O-line that he had in – 
here and there throughout the first three weeks. He didn't have any of the receivers that he was supposed to have. I mean, Greg Ward was his number one target this week. So he went back to the practice squad. He made it work. He looked good. He went back to scrambling and getting the job done. So Carson's my number one. We said he needed to pick it up, and he did. My number two, for that same reason, kind of picking up when they need to, is Doug. I think he did great. We saw kind of the aggression that we used to love in 2018, and he came back with it with a two-point conversion early and then with the fourth and inches call later in the game. So props to Doug for doing that. And then my number three is Darius Slut, just because he is that constant on that defense that we need. And last week he grinded it out when his elbow looked like it was inside out. And he went off, came back quickly after this week. He kind of looked like when they slowed it down, it kind of looked like he got an hyperextended knee. And it was kind of worrisome. He went back to the locker room, then came right back out and was in. And you would have never known that anything happened to him. And then he was also a big key on knocking away that Hail Mary pass in the end zone to end the game. So my number three is Darius Slay because he's just that constant thing we have to look forward to. And finally, a true number one corner. And you're absolutely yes. right. The way that he has, like, limped off the field and has had his elbow dislocated and just like come back in and still made epic plays. I, I mean, that's, he, he belongs here. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. I, you want on that defense, especially with the way that they, now they have injuries in the secondary again, and they're starting to struggle again. And that's, that's huge. Um, I, mine's a little bit different. So I also have Carson at number one, going back to the same thing as last week, we talked about how it was going to be on the game plan and who called a better game, but the Eagles should have the edge because at the end of the day, they have their franchise quarterback there to make the plays. And that's exactly what he did from blocking when they had Jalen hurts in there. Yeah. TV, <laughs> love that stiff arming defensive tackles and defensive ends and, and doing all this stuff. It was, it was everything I needed from Carson last night. I agree. Um, my number two is, um, Doug Peterson, for sure. I mean, I thought he stepped it up big time. Not only did he put more of an emphasis on running the ball, he also, you know, like I said, pre-snap motions, which I had not seen. I had not seen anyone in motion prior to a snap <laughs> until last night. I loved it. I love to see it, you, it because it, it just gives something a little bit extra for the defense to have to look at, and they don't know exactly what's coming every single time. And you saw yeah. that it actually happened to work. Um, but my <laughs> number three is the offensive line. I think that the way that Jeff Stoutland has all of these guys so prepared to step in at any given moment is unbelievable. Jordan Mailata has literally never played football before in his life. And aside from a few plays here and there, he played extremely well last night at left tackle. Um, you know, obviously Lane Johnson kind of missed the first half. You had Jack Driscoll in there at right tackle. You had Jason Kelsey and a, and a bunch of me, like you and me, Yeah, essentially. Like there's no <laughs> other, they did. 380 pound us. Yes, 380 pound versions of me. <laughs> they did an unbelievable job for, for what they were and against some of those guys on the defensive line. I mean, that defense was in the Super Bowl last year. Granted, they, yeah. they don't have D Ford, they don't have Nick Bosa, but they played. I thought the the offensive line deserves so much credit for the game that they played, given who was there and what was going on. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. As soon as we saw Lane Johnson go back to the locker room, like a minute into the game after the first drive. It, I my heart panicked like Jordan Mailata was already out there and then Driscoll was coming in so I 
was expecting Carson to get hit so much, but they did so well, and it, it was impressive. Yeah, definitely. Super, super impressive. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the injuries that the Eagles unfortunately suffered last night. We will also answer some of the listener questions that we got. You are listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into episode number 41 of Babes on Broad. So we talked about all the positives, but this one, it's a negative and it happens over and over and over again. Thankfully, Lane Johnson and Darius Slay, we already talked about them, were able to come back in yesterday's game, but there are some more injuries and they didn't end up as well. No. Um, so the positive for Lane Johnson, I don't know. I'm, I mean, it's like positive and negative. I don't understand. I mean, I understand. It just kind of sucks. So what Doug was kind of saying this morning during the presser was it's just this lingering ankle thing he's got going on. And Mm -hmm. basically it's just uncomfortable. It takes a lot longer to warm up and get loose. So once he got loose, he was good to go in the second half, but it just took that much longer for him to get ready, which is obviously why he's limited in practice most days and taking some rest days and things like that. Um, Since our last episode, Jason Peters went on IR yeah, that's what because that's what happens in the Philadelphia Eagles organization with a toe injury. I don't really Whatever. have words at this point. Um, he bamboozled us for that extra money. <laughs> yeah, I guess honestly, like yeah. six to the bag, I guess. But Jesus. Um, and then the other two, Rudy Ford pulled a hammy. We'll miss some time. He just had that groin injury that he came back from, and he made an awesome tackle. I don't on a punt. Um, there was yeah. a long punt, had that phenomenal tackle, and then we didn't see him again. And then TJ Edwards, same thing. He made two awesome tackles, really great plays, and then we didn't see him again because he also p- pulled a hammy, and both of them, qu- to quote Doug, will miss time. Yeah. So that's not I mean, not a positive thing. And it does suck that it was them because, like you just said, I remember last week Rudy Ford making some good tackles, and we are like, Okay, Rudy, go. Like, and then TJ Edwards, your favorite linebacker, right? Like TJ Edwards, who should be the only linebacker on the field field ever. So it definitely sucks, but it's Philly. Yeah. Next man up mentality, what Jalen Mills said ever since he's been playing here. He was like, it's kind of just always ends up being next man up mentality here in Philly. And you're, yeah, you're right. Yep. (laughs) Unfortunately, that is always true. But, but here, you know, okay, positive from the negative, that is the most negative we really have to talk about today. True. But, That's true. 
I would, if, if the injuries, injuries are obviously very negative, but if that's the most negative we have to talk about and yell about, I'm all right with that. Yeah, like, because I, injuries are going to happen no matter what, so. Yeah. Um, especially in this city. Um, <laughs> okay, so for some of our questions, at always for Philly asks, what is the major difference you saw in Wentz last night? Um, I want to say, I mean, I know he had some accuracy issues, but just as scrambling and then being able to hit his targets. I mean, we talked about how he missed some of them and how his receivers didn't go out, but, so I'm not putting it all on him. But I just like seeing him get out of the pocket, run, and then be able to read the situation and scramble or run to get the first down. We saw a couple times he ran in for that touchdown. So just him playing in the moment kind of is what I liked last night. Yeah, and I agree with that totally. I, I really think that he it was confidence in the game plan mm -hmm. what I saw. Because I, I see confidence from Carson, but I don't always see him look like he's comfortable doing what he's doing, if that makes sense. So I think he looked very comfortable and very confident in what he was asked to do this week. And I, I think that even – I think he just he, – he makes better decisions that way. Like – he wasn't throwing balls all over creation and he was throwing them away when there was nothing there, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because he was confident in what he was doing and confident in what he was supposed to be doing. And I just, I saw that on a different level because I thought that the offense as a whole looked comfortable in the game plan. And I think I agree. it's something they need to continue going forward. Um, it's not always the best thing to do to try to, you know, do the next best thing and try to outsmart your opponent if you're making your own team uncomfortable. Like everyone yeah. needs to be on board and comfortable with what's going on. Otherwise, you, you see what happens. Oh, two and one. That's what happens. <laughs> um, at underscore dot Carter asks, I keep watching Des workouts. He looks good. Should we give him a look? No. No. No, 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 no. no. We talked about this. Before we even came on here, he hasn't played in three seasons, essentially. So it's basically what's the difference between Dez, T.O., and Chad Johnson bringing all of them back? Is yeah. he Chad Johnson again, or is he Ojo Cinco still? I have no idea. How many times has that man changed his name? I have no clue. But that's essentially what it would be, so no. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, he got – the Eagles – this is how the timeline went. The Eagles won a Super Bowl. Des Bryant got cut in April and then got called by the New Orleans Saints nine weeks into 2018, ruptured his Achilles on the first play of practice, and then took 2019 to rehab that, and now he's available again. No, 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 no. We have enough injury problems and people coming off injuries. It's not it's, – it's, it's actually useless. Yeah. Um, Tony Hipster asked us on Facebook – what are your thoughts on the state of the line moving forward? And what do you think about possibly moving Andre Dillard to guard and leaving Mylotta at tackle? I, I don't even know what I think on this situation. At this point, totally. with Dillard and all his injuries and his not living up to what we thought he would be in his first season, I just am kind of going into this offseason, have them all play, give them all the same reps, and just see who gets up there and base it on that. I'm not even going by names anymore. But yeah, just let them play it out in I'm my eyes. I, I truthfully don't know what the future holds for Andre Dillard. 
he he had some good moments last year when they had him in there at left tackle, not when they tried to put him in at right tackle. Um, but I thought he he did okay as a rookie. But I feel like we were hearing and seeing from training camp every day he was getting beat by a different defensive mm-hmm. end, and every day he was he he was you know letting up a sack or this that or the other thing. And I just then he obviously he gets hurt, so that's going to push back his development a little bit. And I just I think it's going to depend on how my lot of plays. Um, I think that, you know, essentially kind of what Doug was saying this morning, he was basically saying, you know, he's such a big body and he's learned so much that when he is 100% on with what he's supposed to be doing on that play, he's virtually unstoppable and you can't get through him. No. And that was my thing. Even yesterday when he came in, I was excited to see him play just because I truly believe what you just said. Like he is so big and he was a monster at rugby. If you can beat people's butt in rugby like he did, he'll be able to stop somebody on the line majority of the time, which is what he needs to do. My only thing that worried me yesterday with him coming in was his eagerness and like how excited he was going to be and nervous he was going to be on Sunday Night Football. So I was nervous for those penalty calls, which we only saw once from him. So that was good and that was a positive to see. I am excited to finally see what he has to offer after, you know, using a draft pick and keeping him on the roster for, mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. I'm excited to see him fi- see, finally see like w- w- what they've done with him and what they've taught him. And if I'm going to trust any coach on this staff, I would trust Jeff Stoutland with my life. So <laughs> I think that, I, and I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about. I mean, the fact that this guy's literally never played football before in his life and these last couple games, he's been fine. He's done a really yeah. good job at, you know, all over the field, wherever he's at, been asked to be. So I think that's super impressive. And I think that's going to say a lot about, you know, I, and I think you're right. I think you go into the off season and you go into camp and it's open season for left tackle. And you I agree. see who wins the job. Yeah. I, I just, I don't think there's any other way. It's, it's nobody's job at this point. And even when Jason Peters, because he's on the three-week IR. So even if he comes back, I still think you you see if it's my it's my lot's job to lose yeah. in my opinion or th- that's how it should be. Do not let Jason Peters hamstring you into putting him back on the field. <laughs> right? That's, that's my thought. Last question, what are your thoughts on Josh Sweat? I love him. I love Josh Sweat. He has 3 sacks already throughout the year, back-to-back weeks. He's had a sack. So, I just think he's living up to the opportunity that he's given he's living up to it and he's seizing it so keep yeah. it going sweat I hope he keeps producing because and I hope yeah. the defensive line keeps producing last night they had a really good game and I I would like that to continue um they had a good game against a a, a really good a really good offensive line for San Francisco also I would like to just give a big screw you to Mike McGlinchey for tying <laughs> up over his head and Darius I, was- I didn't like you in high school and I do not like you now I was wondering when that was going to come. Oh, that made me so mad. And that man was right back out there on the field making plays. Loves yeah, right? McGlinchey is the worst. Um, all right. Well, that is our show for today. Thank you again. Oh, now let's see. The t- that, that was perfect. Our timer's going off. <laughs> We're so, oh, my God. It won't stop. Oh, my God. Thank you for listening to episode 41. We will be back later in the week to look ahead at the matchup with the Steelers this week after the Steelers got, you know, a surprise bye. So we'll see what happens there. Thank you as always to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure you're following us and everything else on Bleeding Green Nation on social media. 
Make sure you give a five-star rating, subscribe, written review, the whole nine. Until then, we will talk to you later this week. We are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Babes on Broad. BGN.